I'm late. No, you got here right on time. No, I'm late. It's the late show. Sorry, I'm late. You're too late. <laughs> the wizard is never late. Can I help you? Yeah, I uh, want to see the show. But not to come late. You are late. You're late, man. Always late, huh? The hour grows late. But is he already too late to save his friends? You're late. You're too late! And I'm like, dude. Fine. Call it that. I would say yes, it lives up to the <laughs> What little hype I had for it. It was pretty damn good. Then we leave that part out. Yeah, okay. And <laughs> take two. We're talking about clerks today. <laughs> clerks. Clerks. Came out in 1990. 25 years ago, so. 94. 94. Alright. The year before I was born. Two years after I was. Fun fact, uh, I watched this movie for the first time on the 25-year anniversary to the day of it coming out in Sundance. I know because I happened to see that on Kevin Smith's Instagram shortly after I finished watching the movie. I'm like, well, (laughs) shit, that's cool. (laughs) And I saw it a week before its 25th anniversary, so... Perfect. I'm not special. Uh, This actually is the rare movie in our list. It... I think it's the first movie in our list. So far. Maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, first that one. That neither of us have actually seen. Yes. We are both late to the show. We are both very late to the show for Clerks. Clerks. So uh, I, I will ask you first then, Jake. Uh, have you ever worked a job like this? Did you ever work a convenience store, customer service, customer-facing job? Uh, okay, I worked at McDonald's, yes. Okay, so you can relate to the to the offense of the movie. Yes. As well, I uh, yeah, I mean, for as uh, maybe bitchy as I thought, uh, um, I just forgot his customers. No, the main character, Dante, Dante, for as bitchy as I feel like Dante was, if I think back, yeah, that job sucks, (laughs) yeah, yeah, and and I have 10 years total customer service experience, nine of those were customer facing, so that uh, yeah, that movie really hit schnooks for 10 years. I worked at, well, the Highlander slash Schnooks, I worked there for nine years total, and then I had a year where I worked at Verizon. Oh my god. Uh, nine years? Nine years, yeah. I started there when I was 16. Jesus Christ. 2008. How did that fly over my head? I started in 08, and I worked till 2018 doing customer service. For 10 fucking years, I did customer service. Jesus. Never again if I can avoid it. <laughs> you understand Dante better than anybody. <laughs> Um, we, go ahead. we definitely wanted to be Randall, but I was definitely more Dante. <laughs> um. <laughs> we all wish we could be Randall when we work a job like that. Right. Uh, so what was your impression of the film? Uh, you know what? I liked it, but I guess since I've been... So I had started listening to Kevin Smith podcasts. Okay. And... Uh, you know, listening to those and him talking about his journey through uh, film school, dropping out of film school, and making this movie. I guess in my head, I just kind of hyped it up to be bigger than what I thought it was going to be. Bigger how? Bigger as in like this huge monumental thing that would win Sundance and also get him nods at different film festivals with um, Scott Mosier, who was uh, the uh, he was the weird guy who talked really slow, the idiot. 
Oh, movie, right, 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 right. With the hat? Yeah. Scott Mosier helped him make this movie. Yes. Okay. So, um, I guess I just blew it up in my mind to be, like, this great, like, monumental piece of cinema. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it is for Kevin Smith and stuff because it uh-huh. is what got him his start. So, I mean, it obviously is a good movie yeah. with some regard. But, like, it just kind of surprised me a little bit how student film it did feel yeah <laughs> yeah 100 percent. like that was like I think one of the first things that struck me i'm like just like you know with like especially big budget movies and a lot of it is as you definitely know um a lot of it comes down to lighting mm-hmm. and shit so the lighting was like such where yeah it felt like this was just somebody like and it basically was just somebody's like i've got a camera and some lights let's fucking film something yeah, and when he talks about it, uh, so he made this movie for I think roughly around twenty seven thousand dollars. Shit. <laughs> and uh, when he talks about it, he says like they didn't even have a boom pole, so they just would like tape a microphone to the end of a mop handle and use that. It works. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, when you think about it, I mean, it ta- makes total sense, especially a guy who dropped out of film school and then he's just decided we're gonna make this movie. Yep. Yeah, it makes total sense. Working nights from... Because he worked at that store. Yeah, that was the legitimate store he worked at. Yeah. yeah. So he was allowed to film there when they were closed. So, mm-hmm. you know, he had to, had to make it work somehow. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, that was definitely like one of the first things that struck me about that movie. It was just like... It's like... I think back to the first short I directed, which is garbage um unfortunately and i don't blame any of the actors and it. it's entirely my fault <laughs> um everybody else was doing the best with what i gave them and i apparently did not give them much um and i'm just like shit though but like i felt it's like i you know if i had better lighting and stuff my first short would have looked like this because i also made it black and white to deal with lighting <laughs> issues right with his was also cost though too because it yeah. costed more to get colored film. Well, well, that's the other thing too. Is he, he was working with film, film. <laughs> um, but I enjoyed it. I actually really liked it. It was less funny than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, that's it was one more... thing I thought it was going to be different about it. Also, yeah, it was like it was a very were... existential crises movie. Yeah, like there was funny parts and it had a lightness of tone to it, but it was not like I was expecting like a laugh out loud constant jokes compared to something like dogma which i think is hysterical yeah this one was more kind of dark comedy yeah with a little more lean into the drama but yeah still i I still thought it was really good it was definitely i'd say it's more art house than i expected it to be really yeah but it makes sense considering how people think of clerks too sometimes so clerks also or clerks too clerks also (laughs) but in uh and like you said, it just, it basically is a student film. Yeah. Because it, watching it, I mean, none of the fucking kids in my class made a feature film, but like, if you know, did. <laughs> it looked very much like a film we'd all like, one of us would have turned in and then we'd all discuss it at the end of the day and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it, it kind of felt uh, interesting to watch this movie that I know made someone's career. And then still critique it. Not in a way of saying like, oh, like you would with a superhero movie. Why did Iron Man do this? Why they do that? Yeah. Like almost critiquing technical things. Like, ah, oh, you could have done this a little bit this way and it would have 
yeah. shown something else or whatever. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. Cause my I think like and I get it. You look at a lot of people's first films if if they're available, and they all. The thing that always gets me is editing. Like, I always notice, like, especially in early films like this, like, editing can be so weird. Like, they'll hang on a shot for too long. Mm -hmm. Or, like, they'll cut away to something else while someone's talking for some reason and then cut back. And it's like, well, you know, you kind of question, like, either why did they do that? Why did they... Now, again, we have the benefit of, when we're working, to be able to do stuff digitally. Right. You know, I imagine it's like there's only so many times you want to pull that film reel out and like cut cut it to, at the right spot and glue the reels back together and make it all work. You know, get that just at that right frame. So many times you want to send it through the projector and be like, "Fuck, I fucked up again." Right. Well, at that point, they may have even had access to an Avid, where you load the film into and then you can make the cuts digitally and it Is cuts it for you. Like that's what it was called. An Avid. The Avid was a machine that you loaded the film into. Before I'm Avid was just a software. Interesting. I legitimately did not know that. Like, you'll still hear old people in, uh, like, film school and stuff, and they'll call Avid the program the Avid. So. <laughs> but not as, like, a the Internet's type of old person thing. It's almost just, like that, though. <laughs> almost like that. But they're also still technically At least correct. they're referring to the machine that they used to use. Yeah. Interesting. But I've, yeah, I've learned something today on this podcast. So, I mean, I don't know if they would have had access to that at all in New Jersey. With I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't, but uh, other, I mean, beyond just what he's able to get his hands on. Right. Yeah. I wonder, what, I wonder of, what camera it was filmed on. Was it like Super 8 or something? I no idea. <laughs> uh, you know, unless he edited in camera a lot too, which I guess is possible. Because I know like uh, that's how Rodriguez... Did El Mariachi's? He edited that in camera. Really? Yep. Oh, that's cool. He did a lot of in in camera editing, but yeah, Rodriguez basically paid for El Mariachi with basically medical experiments that he did. So, oh, like yeah, he, he did, he like, did like, like medicine yeah, testing and stuff. Yeah, no, he it didn't perform like, medical <laughs> tests. He was medically tested upon. <laughs> His actors were all Frankenstein monsters. <laughs> That's why it was such cheap labor. His crew was just... <laughs> really? Well, the crew were the actors in that, but we're not talking about El Mariachi. He cut the arms off his crew and mounted boom poles on their stumps. That's how he got the crew to work. Uh. Well, El Mariachi was one of the movies that inspired uh, Kevin Smith to make this movie. Yep. That and uh, Slackers. I don't remember who Slacker. did that Slackers. The big one I always saw was Richard Linklater's Slackers. Slackers, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's the one he's talked about. Is yeah. what really inspired him to just make a movie about people talking about the stuff that him and his friends talk about yeah so. but uh, i remember actually hearing an interview i think with kevin smith well no i know it was with kevin smith but i don't remember if it was if it was watched the interview if i read it somewhere but how he uh, was talking because he was friends kind of friends with tarantino and uh at one point tarant because pulp fiction came out the same year clerks came out and right like, well this movie got bought by miramax yeah from sundance i believe so um, well, and like Rodriguez, Tarantino, and Kevin Smith all kind of came up right around the same time, basically. It's just like these guys who liked movies and just made their own movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently Tarantino was talking to Smith and told him like the first movie he made was very similar to Clerks, but that got destroyed in like uh, in the editing lab. 
And Kevin Smith was like, shit, I'm glad that happened because I wouldn't have a job if Tarantino made that movie first. <laughs> I wonder what a Tarantino version of Clerks would look like. I mean, watch the diner scene in Reservoir Dogs and probably it's have pretty a pretty good that. <laughs> that for an hour and a half. <laughs> they move to different locations and then they talk about a bag of chips at a convenience store. Eh, I'm not yeah. going to spend 99 cents. Why should you spend 99 cents? Um... Leave a penny, save a penny. Why would I leave a penny? <laughs> no one's given me a penny. Um, and they... Well, I was going to say they'd say fuck more, but they said fuck a lot in Clerks. They so. said fuck a lot in Clerks. According to IMDb Trivia, 97 times. Just shy of that 100, Kevin. What happened? Those are That's bad numbers. writing. <laughs> those are rookie numbers. you got to pump those numbers up. I you think know what? Weren't even any Edwards in it. What the hell? <laughs> oh, God. This isn't a Tarantino movie. <laughs> See? That's where that's what I'm that's curious what, about. That's what would have separated us. <laughs> um. Uh. So we both like the movie. Yes. Like I said, my thing was more of a. I don't even want to call it shock because that's playing up my reaction to it too much. I was just surprised in general at what it was from yeah. what I assumed it was going to be in my head. Yeah. But it wasn't like a disappointment surprise. It was just no. oh, this is. This way is different than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, that, that's that's basically what I had to. It's like, oh, this is what I thought it was going to be. Because what I know of Kevin Smith is typically more of a comedic director, writer. But I'm not disappointed in what I'm watching. This is still really pretty good. And I, right. you know. I definitely thought it was going to be more dogma. Yeah. But, I mean, I could see how someone would start there and then work their way to dogma. Because mm-hmm. oh, yeah. he kind of leaned a little more into, like, the... Um, more of the Silent Bob and uh, Jay and Silent Bob stuff. That yeah. kind of is more like what, like the stuff with them and Clerks mm-hmm. is a little more kind of like what Dogma and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back are kind of like. Gotcha. Um, so let's talk about the quality of the movie as if yeah. we have any uh, right to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... I mean, shit. I mean, we could, again, we can talk about our own experience. I don't like, and I don't know if you've like. I know you've got experience on film sets. And obviously, I think talking about this as both a first film and 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 meaning it no negative way, kind of student film feeling that this movie had. Like, do you have any like comparisons from anything you've worked on where you're like, I've seen that, or like from shit you've watched having. Since you went to actual film school compared to myself who muddled it together as best I could through it at NIU, <laughs> uh, uh, have you seen anything like that? Like, uh, like, Or have you noticed those issues in like student films and things like that? Um, I mean, I would say it's way easier to make movies now. So, I mean... If there are, like, any mistakes, and, well, this sounds kind of arrogant to say, uh, if there are big, fault, like, problems in a student's film, mm-hmm. they probably weren't working on it long enough. Mm-hmm. Whereas, if there's big issues in a film made, say, 25 years ago, it could be not maybe that they didn't work on it long enough. Maybe they were just limited by their own technology. Yeah. So I would say as far as uh, students in a, like a film film school, mm-hmm. you're, sh- I mean, your only shortcomings come from ignorance mm-hmm. and laziness, really. Yeah. 
It's what you're not putting into it. Um, because there really are no limitations for students in a film school. Yeah. Because they'll make sure you've got everything you need. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I would say it just makes it that much more impressive that Kevin Smith was able to pull off making a feature film, uh, what, one or two years out of dropping out of film school? Sure. I honestly didn't even know he actually went to film school. Yeah, he did. It was in Vancouver, I think. Hmm. Is he actually from Canada? No, he just loves Canada. Okay. He's from Jersey. Okay. <laughs> I can't remember what town in Jersey, but uh, one of them. Nothing wrong if he's from Canada. I'm just... <laughs> He just really likes Canada. I he don't likes know Canada why. and hockey a lot. So he I doesn't think... like hockey. He likes the aesthetic of the hockey jersey. Wow. And actually, he hasn't been wearing those in quite some time. It's just been blazers I'm... over t-shirts. I'm going to imagine, though, a lot of it is he can attribute to that weight loss. And he, <laughs> it, it becomes a muumuu after a certain point. Right. <laughs> I think he said those exact words, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh... but, yeah, I mean, as far as technical quality of the movie it does feel very student filmy Mm. which we've already said before but i don't think that looking at it in the context of it being kevin smith's first movie first feature film at that yeah like first anything really you can't i can't really fault it on that because it's more about the content of the movie as opposed to and, like, the technical issues aren't really that big. I mean, like, it's in black and white, but a lot of people would probably make the argument saying, oh, that's so much more... Artistic. Artistic or avant-garde, yeah. whatever. When he, again, like, he made that decision, like, for the same reason for my first directorial short that I made it black and white. It's like, I fucked up the lighting and the, the coloring so bad <laughs> that just, if you make it black and white, nobody will know. Right. That and just the money issue in general, too. And then, yeah, obviously, back then, like, nowadays on digital, you just, like, fuck it, it's color, and you should be able to color correct everything, but when you can't get two shots in a row of the same room from a different angle to match in color, you fucked up real bad on, <laughs> on all of that. <laughs> you got... But that was on me. That then We're not talking about my short film, we're talking about the... I'm kind, of su- I'm kind of surprised he hasn't... I mean, he's fucking rich. I'm surprised he hasn't put some money in to just colorize the whole movie. I don't think he wants to. I think... <laughs> Kevin Smith, to me, strikes me as the type of person who's like, that's the thing I made at the time that was a product of when I made it, and I am proud of the product that I put out then. I don't want to mess with it. I'm not even saying, like, he's not proud of it, just because, why not? <laughs> I think that's as the reason, a shits though. and like, giggles kind of thing. It's like, eh, let's see what it looks like if it were in color. For me, that just doesn't seem like something Kevin Smith would <laughs> even care to do. Well, Kevin, I'd like to see it. Just so you know. Um, do we want to talk about the story at all? Because we've really mostly talked technical stuff and not really our thoughts on the story beyond me complaining about also having been in a customer service job and understanding <laughs> how Dante feels. Right. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the story. Um, so, uh, do you want to talk about... How, how do we approach I don't, know, I don't really story? know how to uh, attack it and shit there was one particular chapter that I wanted to mention and now I can't remember which one it was so that's actually also interesting to say Quentin Tarantino made a movie very similar to Clerks because Clerks has the chapter set up like yeah. in most Quentin Tarantino movies yeah <laughs> so I'm sure that would have also happened in, uh, in Tarantino's version of Clerks do you think Tarantino 
Well, no, because Pulp Fiction came out at the same time as Clerks. Yeah. So I guess not. I was going to say, do you think he just told Kevin Smith, hey, I thought about doing some shit like that? That way he had an excuse to do it in his next movie. Say, like, yeah, I already did something just like that, but it burnt. So uh, I was, so that's why I'm doing it in this one. No, actually, uh, no, Tarantino... Uh, <laughs> he stole the idea. Um, Tarantino's first movie was uh, originally actually called My Best Friend's Birthday. Um, and that's that's the one that got destroyed in the film life. Right, I know. I'm saying... But when he said my movie is very similar to Clerks, uh-huh. maybe he saw the title cards. And he's like, I really like that idea. So I'm going to say my movie was very similar to this guy's thinking. Mm-hmm. That way I can steal the title cards idea for Pulp Fiction. Except Reservoir Dogs also had title cards. Fuck. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you trying to stop me starting a riff between <laughs> Kevin Smith and Quentin Tarantino? I, I don't know, man. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah with the story though i mean i'd say pro uh i'd say using the title cards is probably a good idea actually because a lot of the sections of the movie do feel kind of episodic yeah like there's not a lot of connective tissue between the two chapters if you will, or between each chapter like it's just kind of like the main through line is that his ex is getting married like that's the main through line and even before you find that out, it's just Dante's whining. Yeah. The worst part is he wasn't even supposed to be there today. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's... And I think that works because like, I remember watching... I was about halfway through and I'm just like, are we ever going to get a reason for Jay and Silent Bob even existing in this movie? <laughs> and then it kind of just dawned on me. I'm just like, this is just supposed to be the day in the life. Those people just are fucking there. Right. That's... The truth of that story is they're just out there. That's mm-hmm. that's it. So it's like, okay, well, that's why those characters are there. It's yeah, Silent Bob has his one line at the end of the movie, and it like gives an epiphany to Dante. Um, but uh, other than that, it's just like they're just kind of there because yeah. they are. Well, yeah, and Silent Bob gets one line in every movie he's in. Actually, in two, he got two at Dogma. Apparently, he got a, in one of the movies. He actually has quite a few lines. Uh, in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, he has a monologue where he curses out Jay because <laughs> 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 he's trying to give him signals, but he's not talking. And then Jay just doesn't get it. And like, I think they were trying to get on this car, and it drives away. He's like, "You idiot! You're so fucking dumb!" <laughs> and he just yells at Jay, and then they walk off. <laughs> <laughs> but in Dogma, he says, uh, no ticket yeah. when he throws the two angels off the train. And then at the very end, when they say they've been pardoned of their sins, he just says, thanks. <laughs> so, yeah, I liked his line in uh, uh, Clerks. But it's really like, I mean, I've heard, uh, I've heard um, Kevin Smith's voice before okay. from before he went to film school. Yeah. And it was not the voice you hear now. It was that really... kind of like this. And, yeah. uh, you know, he's very, he's like a, like, I don't want to say sweet voice, but it was like a, a child's voice. And this... Because Kevin Smith has a pretty deep voice when he talks. Right. Actually sounds similar to your voice. But, mm. um, and then in this, it kind of sounds like a mix between the two. It doesn't quite yeah. sound Kevin Smith. But it definitely has a little more balls on it than before he went to film school. <laughs> um, 
shit. What was I going to say about them? I, I actually was reading on IMDb today, and obviously IMDb, anybody can add trivia to shit. So, you know, who knows how accurate it is. But apparently um, Silent Bob's line was supposed to be for Jay, but Jason Mewes kept having issues with the line. So Kevin Smith just said the line. Okay. And so that's why Silent Bob has any lines in the movie. Otherwise, he would have been completely silent for the entire movie. <laughs> I like that he gets like one little moment to shine, though. Yeah. I, I think that works for Silent Bob. Like, <laughs> he only speaks when he needs to speak. Right. I, uh, I 100% thought that when um, his ex-girlfriend went to the bathroom and had sex with Silent someone, Bob. it was going to be Silent Bob. Yep. <laughs> like he was just going to come walking out. Yeah, I kept waiting <laughs> for it. <laughs> And then maybe he dropped the line, thanks, again, <laughs> like in Dogma. But, uh, yeah, that one, that was like, whoa. <laughs> that that was where I was like, oh, this movie is a little bit darker than I thought. Yeah, that, that was not a normal occurrence in my 10 years of customer service experience was <laughs> people having sex with dead guys. That didn't happen at Schnooks? No, not once. Oh, shit. Did that happen at that McDonald's you worked at? At McDonald's? More than twice a week. Wow. Yeah, it happened a lot. How many people were fucking dying in that McDonald's? Dude, it's McDonald's. Their fucking hearts were exploding in the booth, okay? They McDon- were suffocating with their guts <laughs> pressed against the table. They couldn't breathe. McDonald's, if you'd like this vicious attack against your character to stop, we'll, uh, we'll accept uh, sponsorships <laughs> for cash. <laughs> <laughs> they already gave $2.3 million to your mom's house. That's not a joke. <laughs> to, to help them design their site. It's Tom Segura's podcast. Oh! Gotcha. They're sponsored by McDonald's for $2.3 million. Nice. When you said your mom's house, I, I was... You thought I met Kim yes. Rosenblum? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on Straw Lane, Roscoe, Illinois, 61073. Yeah, I'll, I'll take this one. I'll add it that. Just cut that part <laughs> out. Well, they don't know the address. There's lots of houses there. You'll figure it out. It's not a long <laughs> road. Um, but, uh, okay, so let's talk about, uh, let's just talk about the character Dante then. Yeah. So his whole arc is that he rolls out of his closet. Yep. Possibly hungover. Probably hungover. Uh, he gets called into work, really complains to the person about it, and he's only supposed to work for a few hours anyway because he's got a hockey game got a hockey game at two it's always at two mm-hmm. it's at the park yep um so he goes in he sets up can't even quite set up all the way the doors won't open because someone shoved gum in the locks which i wonder if that was like really a real thing or if they really just couldn't get those i read apparently open. because he uh they had to work at night at the store Oh, they kept the shutters down for it to be nighttime. Yeah, so that the genius. Yeah, so that it's like, well, now we don't have to contend with the fact that why is it night out at at ten in the morning? Nice one, Kevin Smith. Good on you. Good. Well, I noticed several times, like you could see the door in the background. I'm like, that's that's nighttime outside, and it ain't night yet. (laughs) Um. Yeah, then I wonder. Well, I guess most of those shots were pretty much done outside anyway. Like the shots outside the uh, movie store, and then of Jay and Silent Bob during the day. That's easy to do from outside. Yeah. And then there's just the one shot during the day where um, the horde of people are trying to get into the convenience store. Yeah. <laughs> while they're at the wake. But that's such a quick cut that that'd be really easy to do while the store's open. Yep. Um. So, 
Dante gets to the store, he opens up, whatever, whatever, and it's basically just him dealing with shitbag customers the whole day. Yep. Um, so it really is just a day in the life thing. I mean, and then you kind of see how each shitty moment exacerbates the next one. Well, that, but also how shitty he feels about his own life. Uh-huh. So, I mean, the main moral of the movie, moral, is don't, you have to take ownership of your shit. Yep. You can't just pass it off on every person who does something wrong. Yeah, which is was Randall's point at the end of the movie, really, the thesis statement for the film. Right. Um, and I wonder if that, I mean, you write what you know, so I'm assuming Kevin Smith was probably dealing with some things like that anyway. Because he worked at that store. <laughs> well, that, yes, and uh, uh, he was really angsty when he was younger. I mean, judging from the tape I heard that he made for his parents, where he just monologues into a camera. The one where I told you his voice sounded really soft yeah. and baby. Yeah. He made a tape for his parents before he went to film school, and he sounds angsty as hell. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. So, I, I mean, I wonder if, like, I wonder if that was just something he seen someone else go through, and that's how he knew to write the thesis of the movie is don't put your shit on someone else or if someone taught him that lesson yeah or what how exactly that came about that's an excellent question (laughs) uh what'd you think about his girlfriend's character um at first uh you know i think like yeah i don't i don't know i i liked how the character can by the time that was over i'm like okay i really liked his girlfriend's the the character of the ex-girlfriend or the current girlfriend current girlfriend yeah that's who i'm talking about also uh whose name was shit i just watched this movie yesterday (laughs) i want to say vanessa no veronica started with a v i think it's veronica i'll I'll look it up real quick that veronica vaughn (laughs) different movie (laughs) Um, yeah, by the end of the movie, I, like, actually really, really liked the character. And also, obviously, both of the, the, the ex and the current girlfriend were, simply there as extensions for Dante's, Veronica was her name. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I really liked the character by the end. Um, and the fact that, you know, she knew what was up and that she she wanted what was best for Dante, but Dante... Because Dante and Randall are both assholes. Right. Veronica was, like, a good thing in Dante's life that he just, like, could give two shits about, right. basically. Uh, and he had that realization that he actually cared for her too late. <laughs> right. Um, well, in the end of the movie, though, it's hopeful for them both anyway. Yeah. Like, he's like, oh, I'll deal with it tomorrow i'm not i'm calling off tomorrow so <laughs> um you know and then he'll go and uh of course it is telling that he goes and visits his ex in the hospital first but right to but be I fair mean, she, she did just have an unbelievably traumatized <laughs> um but, but i would think also maybe he's the last person she wants to see also true um but no, I, I I enjoyed it. I like her. I like I enjoyed it. I was just thinking of the movie in general. You know, I liked her character. I liked all the characters in the movie. Honestly, I thought they were all pretty well written. Right. How yeah. about how about you? What are your thoughts? Um. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I mean, all the characters are 
like as like they're kind of turned up to 11 of what yeah. they could be like they're all very reactive except for um uh randall who is just out there to everyone else also yeah he's just <laughs> so he's, he's an... 11 in his own way yeah he's not re- a reactive character where like as soon as he hears something he doesn't like he switches to like you know uh he gets chaotic and crazy no he does not really. Yeah, he does. He stays when, pretty calm throughout the whole movie no, until when, the very end. No, when Dante told him, he's like, you're a clerk. You're supposed to be nice to the customers and everything. First thing he does is spit his water on a customer. Yeah, but that's not that's him kind of in his own groove. That's not him, like, coming out of who he is to, like, all of a sudden, like... I'm The scene I'm thinking about in particular mm-hmm. is when Dante and Veronica are talking about how many people they've been with. Yeah. And then he finds out that she's blown 36 guys. 37 including him, by the way. I'm Um, 37? (laughs) So, like, I'm thinking more so how something will set Dante off completely. Yeah. And how something sets off Veronica completely. Mm -hmm. Randall is kind of always just himself throughout the whole movie. Until Mm -hmm. the end when Dante really turns on him. Yeah. Well, and Randall even says that earlier. He's like, you complain constantly about being miserable. And then Dante's like, well, you're in the same shit as me. And Randall's like, yeah, but I'm comfortable with it. So don't worry. You know, I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. So Randall Randall knows where he is in life, but he's fine with it. Whereas Dante's like, I could do something better with my life, but I'm choosing not to because it's just easier to stick to this path. Right. Oh, man, that movie spoke to me at the end. <laughs> yeah, good God, when he said the whole... Uh, fuck, it was like Randall's finishing monologue there right at the end. Well, and Veronica's sitting. too, when she finally chews him out. Yeah. Before uh, they actually have their fight. Before their... Dante oh, fights between, Randall. Okay, okay, I was going to say, you, that was a fight. Well, <laughs> it was it was more of a one-sided fight with Veronica and Dante, but... So, like that, and then when Randall also... Um, talks to uh dante Dante. i'm struggling uh those two like scenes really made me think fuck yeah (laughs) so i would say those two scenes really are like the best payoff of the movie oh absolutely as in like the payoff is good is what i'm trying to say Mm -hmm. not to say like you're kind of just like slogging through the rest of the movie but i would say to a point right there's not a lot of substance in the movie Except for just to build to those points. Yes. Like, uh, yeah, basically you just, the whole movie, you just watch Dante kind of get shit on. Yeah. From customers, from Randall, um, more customers, and then it just finally all comes to a head right at the end. And instead of taking all those points of being shit on and trying to spin it positive, he just lets it eat him up until he blows up on his two people that actually cared about him. Yep. And then they tell him, no, you're being a fucking asshole. Yeah. Take some fucking charge in your life. Because like Veronica said, she's like, I came here for you to try and make you better. And then Randall basically is like, hey, dipshit, all the problems happen in your life, a lot of those are in your control of how you react to them. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, a lot of that, just like that ending bit, I agree, really spoke to me as well. Like, that was just like, shit, man. (laughs) And I feel like that's coming back around to Kevin Smith's thesis where he's just like, fuck this. Fuck working at the store. I'm going to make a goddamn movie. Mm -hmm. Win, lose, or draw, I'm going to make a fucking movie. 
then you can say you've done and then i can say i've done i read that on another imdb trivia the reason he put himself in the movie was that even if it bombed he could like show the movie and be like that's me i made this movie and i am in it (laughs) well that's a good idea that's i I don't know i think we're gonna have a couple cameos in whatever movies we write now also yeah i think uh, i think the bar scene i think will be some patrons in the background (laughs) it's like that's us currently writing the same movie we're starring in (laughs) oh yeah no we were writing that shit as we were filming it we were making that shit up as we went along (laughs) we didn't even have character names yet (laughs) that's all adr every time you hear a name that's why nobody ever says a name while their face is on camera Um, or they have something in front of their mouth uh as far as uh social relevance goes i mean i i'd say all the truths in that movie are kind of universal truths. There's nothing really that pertains specifically to the 90s except for outfits. Yeah. <laughs> outfits. Um, fucking house phones. Maybe Jay saying faggot a few times. But I, to be honest, that type of person would say it these days anyway. Yeah. So, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was. And for whatever reason, every time you say Jay, I think Silent Bob. Like, in my head, that character is Silent Bob. It's because in your head you complete to Jay and Silent Bob. That's a fair point. That is a fair point. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say anything really, uh, like, there's no part of the movie that relies on it coming out in the 90s. No. I feel like this movie could come out at any point and still be true. Well, yeah, and, like, that general malaise of working in a fucking customer, a shitty customer service job. Right. Like, there are grades of customer service and i've not worked one that's not been a shitty customer service job though verizon was slightly better um mainly because of pay and benefits um but uh you know you work a shitty customer service job doesn't matter when you're doing it or really what kind Mm -hmm. like you know randall and dante had that back and forth it's like well what type of idiot customers do you have or you know, like, what kind of customers you have to deal with. It's like, that's a question that you, that works if you're at, like, a fucking Quickie Mart type of place, if you are a waiter, a, a wait staff at a restaurant, any of that. It's like, these are the type of people we have to deal with. This is the bullshit I have to put up with in this job every day for basically, you know, the shittiest wages possible, having to deal with the shittiest people at their shittiest time. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's that's... I mean that's that I think is why that movie worked too so well. It's like he was Kevin Smith lived that, and so he's like he knows to put how to put that truth into it, and and I think yeah that works. Nineties now could have come out earlier, could have come out a little later. Anyway, I think that's the movie still would have worked very well. Right. Uh. So what kind of movie that already exists could you compare this one to? Like uh, as far as uh getting someone else to see this movie how would you explain oh it's kind of like this mixed with that or how would you just how what kind of person would you say would like this movie shit man um honestly this this i could very much see this being on like a film snobs type of uh movies to watch because it is fairly art house um kevin smith fans obviously are gonna enjoy it but they've probably already seen it uh i've only uh, uh real quick i'll say i've only seen three kevin smith films dogma yoga hosers and then clerks in that order mm-hmm. um i would say a lot of college freshmen should watch this movie 
Yeah. Just so they see that nothing is going to be inherently awesome once they graduate. And that yeah. life's going to be as good as you make it. Because... Otherwise you're going to be stuck I'm... working that shit job that you <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people think, like, once you graduate, it's like, oh, everything's just going to be fine after that. I've graduated. I've got my degree. I'll start working. And, uh, and I will ask you, Jake, you have a degree in uh, in this field. Are you currently working in that field? Not getting paid for it. <laughs> hey, well, that's I've more than I've worked on I... a couple movies. <laughs> that's but more than I can really. even say. So I'm. that's why I would say that the movie kind of hit me at home, uh-huh. kind of. Not kind of. It really hit me at home. Uh, but a movie I could maybe compare this to might be something like Superbad. I haven't seen it. Guess what we're doing next week? <laughs> Super bad, baby. <laughs> Despite the fact that last time we said we were either going to do Rocky or The Godfather, we're like, fuck it, clerks. <laughs> well, you know what? Neither of them are on Netflix. That is, or Hulu. <laughs> or Amazon Prime for free. Right. Maybe on Vudu with ads. No. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, so like maybe Superbad, um, maybe Office Space. I could see somewhat. Office Space. Uh Maybe those are like the kind. If you're into those movies, you might be interested in this movie. Um, anything with really snappy dialogue, I think, also works. Yeah, it's one thing that was a little off-putting um, is that people don't talk the way they talked in this movie. Um, yeah, I was gonna say it almost kind of felt like um, that Family Guy spoof on a '40s movie. Uh, fast-talking high pants. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Well, actually, the '90s had high pants, also. Yeah. So kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. That was. Uh, um. Yeah. The. So, but yeah, snappy dialogue. I think you know if you like films with real snappy dialogue, and you know, this could honestly almost have been a stage play. Yeah. Single it, location it felt movie. A little theatrical. Single single location movies loan themselves well to if you ever want to make a stage adaptation of something <laughs> i think clerks would work well on... do you want to make a stage adaptation of clerks for the starlight theater no <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean if i got paid to sure but <laughs> you don't want to do that just for the shits and giggles not really well i don't think kevin smith would sue you so probably not he doesn't own any more though miramax does and they are definitely looking to make some money <laughs> right yeah now they're like fuck <laughs> <laughs> We just lost the godfather of Miramax. We need to make some money. Um, but fuck that guy, so you know. <laughs> uh, so, let's get to the final question. Does it live up to the hype? I'd say so. Yeah? I would say this movie definitely lives up to the hype. For, uh... Yeah, you know, I've heard about it and been told, it's like, you've seen these movies, why haven't you fucking seen Clerks? That's the basis behind this podcast. Is you've seen these movies, why have you seen this? Well... I guess it was more, you fucking seen Yoga Hosers, but you haven't seen Clerks? <laughs> yes. But now I have, so. Um, yeah, I like this movie a lot. Uh, well, I, I enjoyed the movie. Okay. Um, but it definitely wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So I think that was more of what I hyped it up to myself. Mm. Just because hearing Kevin Smith talking about it, and he even shits on it kind of too. I mean, he's proud of what he's made, but he acknowledges acknowledges it for being what it is. It's yeah. a first time film, first time feature film with that. And, uh, and I it kind shows, of, but I kind of just assumed he was being a little self deprecating. 
in like saying like, oh, you know, I'm the kind of guy who makes movies like Clerks and then laughs it off. So, but, I mean, it was, it's better than what he's kind of made it out to me and his, and to me. Mm-hmm. And then I hyped it up past what yeah. I thought it was going to be. I yeah. thought it was this huge monumental movie. And it is for him. Yes. So it just took a little reconciling of, oh, this is different. But yeah. it, I still like it. Yeah, it's it's one that like so far of any like, of that made sense. I, I, I get you. Like you got it kind of undersold from Kevin Smith, but at the same time it's like this is clerks. It's a movie you gotta see. Right. And so it's like, well, Kevin Smith, you know, uses it self deprecatingly. But everybody else is like, You've got to fucking see clerks. So you, you got to meet that in the middle. And again, I, like you said, I don't think Kevin Smith... Kevin Smith is definitely proud of it. Mm-hmm. But I think he's also the type of person who's like, yeah, but also it's not like the godfather. But to be fair, I don't know if I'd want something like like either super highbrow or like super special effects from Kevin Smith. Right. Like I want Kevin Smith to just make the movie about like regular schlubs doing stuff. Like yeah. that's, I think that's definitely where he shines. I mean, obviously, out of the three movies of his I've seen, I think Dogma is the best of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and that's not particularly about just Joe Schmo going about his life. But uh, you know, I think I think that's definitely where Kevin Smith shines, considering he's got what six movies in the the Clerks, the the View Askew universe. Because um, you got Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Clerks Two, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Dogma. That's six. I don't know if there's any more. Well, they're doing the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Yeah, they're currently in the process of doing that. I think that's it. Huh? <laughs> or is it going to be Clerks Three? Because I remember him talking about Clerks Three. It's called Jay and Silent Bob the Reboot or something. Hmm. It has reboot in the name. Okay. And Jay and Silent Bob are the main names on it. Yeah. But, I mean, they were also the main names on Strike Back, so. Yeah. I mean, they are the main characters of that movie. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen them. Oh. I haven't seen them in a long time. Um, Again, I've already listed the three Kevin Smith movies I've seen. <laughs> what about Live Fear, Die Hard? You've seen that one. He didn't direct that one. He had a lot to do with it. Okay, but he didn't direct it. he that. fucking wrote it. I think he directed Wait. it for part of it. Okay, but he's not listed as the director on IMDb. Well, maybe he wasn't the final director, but I'm pretty sure he directed a portion of it. And then Bruce Willis fucking got him fired from the director spot. Because he and Bruce Willis did not get along. No, they did not. Uh, he is not listed under a writer, and he is not listed as a director either. Well, I know he rewrote some of the parts of that movie, though. Well, then he didn't get credit for him because he's not listed as a writer. Producer, nope. I mean, he might have had a slight hand in it, but... Oh, you're going to the... Die Hard Wiki. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, he just rewrote the lines for his warlock character. Okay. And also the two, you know, then... Well. Okay, so he just wrote his own lines then. Yeah. That's what I misunderstood. I I assume when he was saying that he rewrote those lines because Bruce Willis didn't like them, mm-hmm. that he must have had a say in how the movie was made. <laughs> Yeah, no. They way. must have just deferred to him though, since they knew he was a writer anyway. Yeah. Okay. And unfortunately, Kevin Smith doesn't like this though, like uh, Bruce Willis though. According to this, Bruce Willis doesn't think they have any bad blood. But I only ever hear Kevin Smith talk bad about Bruce Willis. So. Yeah. And to be fair, I hear more bad shit about Bruce Willis than I do about Kevin Smith. So. Yeah, same. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Bruce Willis, if you ever like to come on the podcast and defend yourself, we're we're happy to have you on, buddy. We I mean, can't pay you an appearance fee, though. Silent Bob's here, and he hasn't said shit, so I think it's going to be kind of a one-sided argument <laughs> Yeah, if you come on. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's pretty much sums up Clerks. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think you should definitely watch it if, you've, if for whatever reason you have not yet seen it, but it is weird that this is our first one that neither of us have seen. Yeah, it Bunch almost kind of made in. the conversation a little harder because neither of us had, like... Any kind of nostalgia reference for going back to the movie and saying, yeah. oh, do you remember this, this, and this part? Like, what would you think of this when you saw this kind yeah. of thing? We're both just like, trying like to student. remember the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's not one that we've both watched a bunch of times by now. But, right. uh, and, you know, I think that, I, yeah, I agree. It made the conversation a little harder, but I also think then, you know, we focused on the thing that we both found. Like, you know, we found the, uh, the, the technical... Eh, as people who've worked on films, and because the story is kind of bare bones, you know, you focus on the technical for this. And did have that feel, again, not in any negative way, I feel. Like, it had that, that student film kind of a vibe to it. Yeah, I wouldn't say it takes from the film. I'd say it adds to its charm. Yes. Almost. Yeah. Because, you you know, it's just... it's a, It's a different style. Like, that really is kind of almost a style unto itself, where it's like, this is the person's first film... And you just kind of go like, you know, you see some of the stuff and you see like their later works, but then you go back to that and you're just like, it's interesting that they made those decisions back then, like on how to edit, how to block everything and all that stuff. Thinking back, when I think back to when I took international film history, it kind of reminds me of a lot of like foreign films Mm -hmm. that were done in, um, fuck, maybe the 50s and 60s. Okay. I think it was around then, like uh, some French films, and there was one Italian film, I think, that was similar, kind of. And I have no idea, I mean, I can't remember what the dialogue was, because I don't remember the subtitles that well. Yeah. (laughs) But from, like, tone, and then also kind of the pacing of the movie, Mm -hmm. it reminds me of that. And then obviously they're both in black and white. Yeah. The ones that I'm trying to remember or think about. So it vaguely reminded me of European films I've seen, old European movies. Yeah, I can. I can't think of any that I've personally seen, but I get what you're saying. Right, I just was kind of that. Just reminded me of that all of a sudden for some reason. So, I don't know. <laughs> no, hey, I got, I got you, man. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so I think the general consensus is we like the movie, though. I 100% agree with that. Consensus. Would you recommend it? I would recommend this one. Would you recommend? Would okay? Who would you not recommend this movie to? Uh, Maybe anyone older than fifty. Yeah, if if you, if <laughs> uh, if 
strong language is a, a deal breaker for you. Maybe don't watch this one. Um, or silliness. Or silliness. Um, if you're, you know, five, maybe don't watch this movie. <laughs> um, if you're Bruce Willis, maybe don't watch this movie. I would say, Let's be honest, Bruce Willis is probably saying that. <laughs> I think maybe the demographic for this movie might be from uh, 15 to like 50. Yeah. I think if you're older than 50, when you kind of look at this movie, you're like, why, why, why are they all, why are they so angsty? Why are they, what are they so worried about? Kind of thing. Yeah. And then, I mean, if you're any younger than 16 or 15, you kind of have no frame of reference for working or having to drive anywhere. Yeah. And dealing with any kind of problems that they deal with. Yeah. So I think when you just get to 15, 16, that's kind of when you might start to understand some of the stuff that they're talking about. See, but I think, honestly, like, there's obviously life experience for for them. So I would almost say, like, early 20s would probably be, like, the the right demo for it because... Well, that's probably the peak. I was just kind of giving a range to where people might start enjoying it, you know? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And then when it tapers off also... (laughs) Which is funny because Kevin Smith's getting to be 50 almost. Yeah. What was it? He just posted something how it dawned on him. He's, what was it? The movie is now older than he was when he made it. Oh, shit. That's weird. It's weird to think about. Yeah, he's 49. So. so Or 48. And then he could turn 49. I don't know what his birthday is. I don't know either. <laughs> oh. He's 48. He'll be 49 in August. Oh, yeah. We still have the Die Hard Wiki up on <laughs> Kevin Smith's page. <laughs> Back in his like early two thousands look though, with the glasses and the hockey jersey and the spiky hair. Yeah. Now he's got a big old bald spot on the back of his head. That's probably why he always wears a cap. Yeah, the white backwards hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Kevin Smith, if you're listening, please come on this show. We'd love to have you. <laughs> I love your podcasts and your movies. Yeah, I mean. I don't listen to your podcasts as much. Um, I probably should. I mean, I'm, I'm subscribed to Fat Man on Batman, but I watch that only sparingly. Um, then there's Batman it, Beyond, Schmodcast, fucking Hollywood Babylon. There's so many podcasts he has. Well, yeah, but man, anytime Kevin Smith is a guest on something, that it's an instant like have to listen to, have to watch, mm. which is weird to me. Like I don't, I don't want to sit down and just listen to his Kevin Smith podcast, but if he's part of something else that's not specifically his i'm like absolutely i'm interested <laughs> so i do that with a lot of people too but he's really good on the joe rogan podcast i mean <laughs> would you just, listen to one joe rogan podcast john just I, one. just I just don't care enough about joe rogan <laughs> like i just it's don't... not for him it's for the conversation with someone else yeah i get that it's just i don't care enough <laughs> and i don't mean that to be contrarian it's just the the premise of the podcast, whatever it might actually be, it just like doesn't interest me. It's just hanging out and talking to the person. And smoking weed, I guess. But They don't do that every time. No, but they definitely <laughs> do on the Kevin Smith one. <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, and also I, the I listened Musk to the one. review for uh, Spider-Verse the other day. And then towards the end of it, when they're talking about like how emotionally it got to them, mm-hmm. I swear to God, I fucking hear Kevin Smith strike up his lighter. <laughs> I'm like okay, <laughs> wait. What what podcast was this on? Uh, Fat Man Beyond. Gotcha. Him and uh, Mark Bernardin. Thank you, Mark Bernardin. Yeah. 
because he's the one, he's the other one on Fat Man on Batman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like right, like there's like maybe 15, 20 minutes left of the podcast, and he's he's striking something up. Like okay, <laughs> you, yeah. could, you could, I mean, you might as well have just been doing it through the whole thing. Why wait till the end? <laughs> I mean, he might. And it's have when been. they're talking about the real meat and potatoes of the movie. Yeah. He knows they're wrapping up, so he's like, all right, I can start doing this. It'll take a moment or two to get to my system anyways. I assume. I've never done weed before. So, um, so Kevin, if you do come on to our Mr. Smith, I apologize. If you do come on to our podcast, bring you know, your own shit. That and uh, I currently work a job where I can't have marijuana in my system, so I'd really appreciate you actually just not while you're here. Just blow it up, not in his face. <laughs> I just... Because they random test. They actually do. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that was Clerk's Podcast. That was the Clerk's Podcast. Well, not the Clerk's Podcast. It was late to the show podcast on about, the Clerks. Yes. Just so you know, we're not talking about Clerks every week. <laughs> it's it's uh, the wor- the be- what was it, the greatest idea or worst idea. What was it one, the one called where uh, the guys from New Zealand watched uh, Grown Ups 2 every week for a year and talked about it? Ugh, that sounds awful. Yeah, I think it's either the best, greatest idea podcast or the worst idea podcast. I don't remember which one it was called, but they watched Grown Ups 2 every week for a year and talked about it every week. And then uh, they uh, had one, I think the sequel one, they did Paul Blart 2. <laughs> so, uh, but no, we're not doing that with Clerks. They did 52 episodes just on Grown Ups 2. 2. Yes. Oh. Sounds boring. <laughs> it how many kind of... view? How many listens did that get? How many? Downloads? A lot. Like really? it was actually a very popular podcast. Shit. Do you want to do they... that? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't want to watch. I. Quick aside. I actually did not mind the first Grown Ups movie. Yeah, I didn't either. The second one was horrible. I have no desire to see the second one. It was so bad. For as okay as the first one was. The second one is infinitely more terrible. The The closest I ever got to seeing Grown Ups 2 is me and Nick went to see uh, Pacific Rim, the first one. Uh-huh. And we go into the theater, we sit down, trailers play, and then Kevin James's fucking yearbook photo pops up. It's like, Kevin James! And we're like, <laughs> we're in the wrong movie theater. <laughs> and we got up and left. And we looked, and it was the theater like one door over. And we're like, shit. And we missed like a trailer, and that was it. And we're like, cool. That being said, uh, sorry, Happy Madison. I really appreciate you guys, but I just really did not like Grown Ups 2. So it was pretty raunchy for me to say it was horrible, but I didn't like it. Sorry. Adam Sandler, I like if you'd like to come on. I like plenty of other movies that you guys have done. But you know what? Don't bring back the burp snart. Don't bring that back in any movie you do. That was stupid. <laughs> John, I'll explain to you later what the burp snart is. That, wasn't that in Grown Ups? No, it's just in Grown Ups 2. Then it was in the trailer. Because I remember that. Because it, like, it's the burp, sneeze, and fart at one time. Yeah. Yeah. They do it like 20 times throughout the movie. I swear to God that was in Grown Ups 1 too. No, it's not. I don't remember. It's been a while. <laughs> it's so. not because it's that ridiculous. I I know. Then it was in the trailer for Grown Ups 2. Probably. Because I know I've seen it. That sounds like a, a trailer part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. All right. So, so are we going to discuss what we're going to do next week or uh, are we just going to say fuck it because we'll probably change it before then? You know what? I think next week we're going to do 
Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Ah, good choice. I've never seen it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, never. never, Not once. Oh. Well, I have this recording here that says you did, (laughs) motherfucker. Shut up. (laughs) Uh, Next week, uh, I don't know what we're going to be doing next week. We're going to do some fucking movie. Shocker. Uh, Uh, Oh, Clerks isn't on there, so we we don't have to delete that one. Oh, yeah. Um, Shit, man. We need to start updating this fucking list, though. Do we? Because we haven't watched any of these. No, I know, but we need to, like, kind of get these, like, uh, rotating through and getting, like... Oh, start deleting Start. It's like, we're not going to watch this one. Let's fucking delete it type of thing. This is behind-the-scenes stuff that you guys get to get to listen to or might get cut out at the end. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, obviously there's some on there we want to watch. You could probably delete that Vimeo link, considering that was for uh, Death of Superman Lives. Hey, got that one out of the way. Though I will probably watch that documentary again. That was a fucking good documentary. (laughs) If you Uh, haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to that episode. Or uh, go watch the fucking movie. It's on Vimeo in its entirety. uh, So maybe we should go back to another movie that one of us has seen that the other one hasn't. I mean, we could do that. Um, what on that list? Uh, I mean, if we both you've seen Batman v Superman, yes. All right, so we've both seen that one. I don't know why. I'm not. Have you seen the Ultimate Edition though? Have you seen the Director's Cut? Mm-hmm. Okay. Shit. Have you seen uh, Big Klebowski? No. You haven't. I've not seen the Big Klebowski. That one's on Netflix. Yeah. And I have it on Blu-ray. And also, we need to be drinking White Russians while we talk about it. That could be done. Yeah. Do you want to do that one? Then yeah, fuck week? it. Let's do. Fuck it. Let's do the Big Lebowski. Okay, cool. I just saw it in theaters actually. <laughs> like, oh shit, that's right. It came back. It was in theaters again. Mm-hmm. It didn't say. I, <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> you may have said, "Yeah, I saw it in theaters a few months ago." You were there with me, Jake. <laughs> Don't you remember? <laughs> All right. So uh, next week we're going to be doing uh, the Big Lebowski. Unless we change it. Unless we change it. Uh, see you guys later. Don't be late. Hey,